Previously on Transformers University, we dove headfirst into all of the publishing around the Transformers brand in 1985. All sorts of fun coloring and activity books, and today we are choosing our own adventure. We are finding our own fate as we go a little further to Transformers books in part three of 1985. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode 33 of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, the owner, operator, and mastermind behind the website tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. In this episode, we are getting back to the thick of things with Transformers books. Uh, this is definitely something I was planning on being multi-parts for this podcast, especially in 1985, which seems to be uh, one of the biggest years to see books uh, released about the brand and the line. But before we get into that, a uh, couple of things to note for this episode. I just want to go back to a quick correction from the previous episode, episode 32, uh, about Canadian exclusives. Now, I mentioned an exclusive uh, well, I failed to mention, I should say, the release of the second year minibots uh, on card. So those turned out to be true. So in Canada, I was wrong. So those were released. I had misread my own research, uh, which does happen from time to time when I'm doing this. So I just want to go on record and correct that. And then someone was kind enough to correct me on YouTube. So big shout out to you. But I just wanted to note that the second year minibots were released in Canada. I had uh, mistakenly said they weren't last episode, but three minibots were released as mailaways in Canada, and those were, oddly enough, Yellow, Cliffjumper, Cosmos, and Warpath, and those three came bagged with uh, the fold-out instructions that you would find on the larger figures. And with that out of the way, I just also want to welcome our newest Patreon student, supporter, and that is Brad Pelletier. Brad is one of our new seniors over at patreon.com slash tfuinfo. That's patreon.com slash tfuinfo, uh, where he is already getting in on some of the exclusive content we put over there, uh, such as a poll uh, that is up right now uh, to something I can't even talk about <laughs> on the show for a few more weeks. Uh, but, and that's not something that's related to, uh, Transformers University, I should say. That is something related to TFU News and Views and an upcoming, uh, event. And with that said, if you'd like to sign up over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash TFU info, swing on by and sign up today. And also as it relates to the Patreon and this episode, I had planned on covering, uh, six Transformers books for you today. Unfortunately, I could not find two of those. Um, so what I did is I dipped into the Patreon fund from my students, headed on over to Amazon, that's tfu.info slash Amazon, and I picked up uh, the two books I could not find, and I'm going to make those uh, two books uh, exclusive episodes for the Patreon. So today we are talking about uh, a couple books that are 
very similar in nature uh, from two different parts of the world. In North America, we got them as find your fate. And uh, in Europe, and I'm going to assume because they're in English in the UK, uh, it was the company Corgi that put these out under the brand Young Corgi. Um, so we're going to talk about basically Find Your Fate in America was uh, was what they call game books. And uh, we'll get into what those are uh, in just a second. I also want to mention that we will be covering a uh, big looker book uh, that I missed out on in the previous books episode and that is Decepticon, a hijack. Actually, I had studied that book uh, for the very first 1984 books episode and then realized it was a 1985 book and uh, never finished up with it and then forgot that it existed last time around. And thanks to uh, to the gamer going gray, David Schultz, for pointing it out to me that it wasn't in the last episode. So uh, uh, you can thank him uh, at gamer going gray on YouTube and on Twitter. So, find your fate. Uh, They're commonly referred to as choose-your-own-adventure books, but choose-your-own-adventure was actually the brand name uh, for a different publisher. These were created by Ballantine Books. They were called Find Your Fate, and the way these books worked, and I don't know if they still publish anything like this anymore. I can't imagine they don't, because these were lots of fun when I was a kid, and um, they basically work... Uh, as books that are written, uh, one with multiple endings and multiple outcomes, uh, but also with uh, a feature where the book doesn't go uh, in order by page number. So you would get to the end of a page, it would either tell you to continue reading, which meant turn the page, or it would tell you, uh, it would give you a list of options, uh, two choices usually of things to do and from those things to do you would skip to a different page and follow the story there and so on and so forth until you reached an ending so there are multiple endings in some of these books um sometimes they do come around to a common point um i really did go and dig in deep on some of the find your fate books and today we are going to talk about uh the two find your fates uh Attack of the Insecticons and Dinobots Strike Back, along with uh, one young corgi called Peril from the Stars. Now, the two I couldn't find uh, was a Find Your Fate book called Battle Drive and a young corgi book called Dinobot War, and those two will be the Patreon-exclusive episodes. The weird thing is that, uh, at least as far as the Find Your Fate books go, they were available online pretty readily, at a website called Cybertron Alliance, uh, but that site is no more. And uh, I do want to give a shout out to one of our Patreon students, Steve Stonebreaker, um, who maintains CamphorTree.net. So that's C A M P H O R T R E E.net, uh, where you can find his archive of Transformers books, including some of the best coloring book stuff out there, uh, as well as some links to some of these books including Dinobots Strike Back and Dinobots Strike Back is where we will start in this episode now this book was written by a gentleman named Casey Todd who I cannot find any information on and was illustrated by William Schmidt who was an illustrator for Ballantine Books and illustrated uh, just about all of the Find Your Fate Junior books for Transformers Now, the book starts out um, with the Dinobots being bored 
and cranky while on lookout. Uh, the Insecticons attack. Uh, Bombshell uses his Cerebro shells on the Dinobots, and Swoop gets his wing injured, and in the midst of getting his wing injured, uh, is out of the range for uh, Bombshell's Cerebro shells. The Cerebro shells also allow the Dinobots to hear all of Bombshell's thoughts. That's kind of a new implication of the Cerebro shells in this book. And we are left with Swoop having a set of different choices. Now, one, we can have Swoop tell Optimus. Um, or we can have Swoop fight Bombshell. If we have Swoop fight Bombshell, I'm going to work from this one uh, down, uh, Bombshell threatens the other Dinobots' safety, and then in the midst of that, Swoop has two options to either fly higher and attack Bombshell from above, or fly lower and attack Bombshell from underneath his insect mode. If you fly lower, um, you then either have to decide whether to fly over Slag or Sludge. Uh, if you fly over Slag, Swoop defeats Bombshell, threatens to crush him like the bug that he is, and the Dinobots are released and fixed. Story over. See how quick this can end? Otherwise, Sludge, uh, if you if you fire over Sludge, you uh, defeat Bombshell, you free the Dinobots, uh, but they awaken inside the Ark, and no one remembers what happened also the end now if you decide to fly higher than bombshell he tells the dinobots to attack autobot headquarters uh, he then ends up shrinking swoop uh, to the size of where he is attacked by a lizard swoop that is not bombshell and then swoop re-enlarges when the, quote, poison wears off as he finds the rampaging dinos heading towards the Ark and realizes he must tell Optimus. Now, if you had chosen the tell Optimus phase of this book uh, at the outset, this is exactly where you would end up. So sometimes these books loop around to a common point in the story. Uh, so when you tell Optimus, you have two choices. You can ask uh, the computer what to do, or Optimus can command the Autobots to destroy the Dinobots. Now, if you choose to destroy the Dinobots, the Autobots and Dinobots fight, uh, the Autobots win, and uh, eventually fix the Dinobots. Uh, the end, and there's some interesting art here on this uh, area of the book, as the Dinobots return from battle, and uh, the artist actually drew them with some battle damage, and that being... Uh, for Sludge and Slag, uh, cartoon little X bandages on their foreheads, and for Snarl, a black eye. Now, if you decide to ask the computer, you launch into a much deeper, longer uh, adventure. And uh, the computer says to use uh, Windcharger's magnets to remove the Cerebro shells from the Dinobots, but exact force is required. Mirage has another idea to uh, use a hologram on the bluff facing the ocean 
uh, which would then send the Dinobots toppling over into uh, off a cliff, uh, very Looney Tunes style, and uh, the Autobots can then pick them up and collect them. Uh, interesting note here that Mirage and Hound, once again, uh, in a Transformers book, have their powers swapped. Now, if you go with Mirage's plan, uh, it works. The Dinobots fall over. The Autobots uh, collect them aboard Sea Spray, the Destroyer. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Sea Spray, the Destroyer. That is right. Uh, in these books, in this book in particular, Sea Spray makes a number of appearances as a, quote, destroyer, which means he is about the size of a battleship uh, and not the tiny hovercraft we all know and love. Uh, they load the, the Dinobots onto Sea Spray and uh, then subsequently fix them. If you go with Wind Charger's assessment, you have two options. You can stand 40 feet away. Wind Charger can stand 40 feet away, or he can stand further away, which is about 100 feet. Uh, if you go with the 40-foot model, uh, Wind Charger inadvertently rips the dinos apart. Uh, so not a happy ending there. Uh, if you go 100 feet apart... Uh, this will work, and Grimlock, because he could hear Bombshell's thoughts via the Cerebro shells, uh, tells Optimus of a bigger plan. Uh, there's weird energy at a place called Dolphin's Bay, and Wheeljack, Bumblebee, and Skids are sent to investigate. Sludge wants to tag along for the ride. Now, this is where the rest of the book comes from. Do you choose to send Sludge along with the gang to investigate, yes or no. Now, this decision is pivotal because it does send us off on two fairly different sets of outcomes. So, we'll start with no. Uh, so, with no, Skids and Bumblebee, which are referred to as a, quote, red compact and yellow minicar. Uh, and interesting here is because Skids is actually a compact. Uh, however, he is blue, which makes me wonder if they were planning on using... Uh, one of his red Diaclone color schemes, they're sent to drive to Dolphins Bay. While driving, Skids is uh, daydreaming and crashes into a sign. While delayed by this crash, they find Decepticon footprints. Now they have two choices. As the reader, you have two choices. Uh, do you follow or do you go straight to Dolphins Bay? Now, if you follow the footprints, you end up in a Decepticon trap uh, and you end up captured. Bumblebee will wake up in a prison uh, where the Constructicons, Scrapper, and, quote, Grave Digger. Uh, there was, an, I guess, a Constructicon planned on being called Grave Digger at some point. Uh, I want to see this character show up again. Um, they tell Bumblebee of the plan for Superfuel at Dolphin's Bay. Uh, and they need materials for a power plant. Bumblebee and Skids are then disassembled, and eventually so are all the other Autobots, who all fall for the trick of the footprints that lead into the trap. Uh, the power plant is then named the, quote, Autobot Memorial Power Plant, and ends on this awful pun of the Autobots being fuelish. Oof. Now... <laughs> If you go to Dolphin's Bay, uh, you get into a mini-sub that Wheeljack has uh, left for you to test out. You pass a reef made of black coral. Coral! Coral! 
and you begin to try to hack the Decepticon computer. The Decepticon's password is Black Coral. Coral! Coral! The Coral will superpower the Decepticons. Uh, in the middle of the hack, Skids and Bumblebee are caught. Skids stays with the sub while Bumblebee swims out. As he swims by, there are some dolphins that catch his attention that want to play. Uh, but Bumblebee does not have time for that. He grabs some of the black coral. coral. And it turns out the coral is rigged with explosives. Uh, Bumblebee is then trapped underneath uh, some rubble of the black coral. And he has two options. One, he can radio sea spray, the destroyer. Or he can talk to the dolphins. Now... If you choose to radio Sea Spray the Destroyer, uh, he will arrive and free Bumblebee. Uh, the Autobots will flee, but get attacked by Starscream. Sea Spray will be sunk, and everyone dies. Now, if you want to talk to the Dolphins, say hi to your mother for me, okay? And say, hey, Dolphin, what are you doing? Uh, they will free Bumblebee. Uh, the Autobots will then head back to the Ark, which then the rest of the Autobots will head to a place called Mount Lomas uh, to attack the Decepticons, where uh, Megatron will challenge Optimus Prime to a one-on-one -on -one battle, very similar to Heavy Metal War. <laughs> During the fight, it's interesting to note that Optimus splits into his three uh, modes uh, which it somehow alluded that the, that the three modes form his robot mode. It's weird. Uh, but he's fighting Megatron and then uh, Rumble, the gray one, because this book is in black and white, uh, starts an earthquake. The Decepticon lab is then buried in the rubble because of Rumble. And Operation Black Coral uh, is now mocked as Operation Earthquake mistake and that's what happens when you don't take sludge along with you for the ride now if you decide to take the dinobot sludge along include him in on the festivities uh bumblebee and skids decide to meet sludge at dolphins bay uh, sludge takes a wrong turn and accidentally gets there first and he decides to curl up and take a nap Skids and Bumblebee arrive and think Sludge is an unmarked island. Uh, and just as they stumble across this unmarked island of Sludge, their uh, readout panel goes off with an energy source. Uh, they ignore Sludge and they head towards uh, the energy uh, tunnel in the water. Uh, they find the Decepticon base and Bumblebee is captured by... Uh, Soundwave and Frenzy, the gray one. At this point, Skids is left to either uh, rescue Bumblebee or get help at the Ark. So if you go with get help at the Ark, Prowl uh, weighs in and says he wants to use the uh, Dinobots kind of like a uh, Trojan horse, whereas Windcharger thinks the Autobots should attack head on. And that leaves you with the choice of going with Prowl's plan or Windcharger's plan. If you go with uh, Prowl's plan where he sends in the Dinobots as fake 
quote, slaves, realizing that the Decepticons uh, don't know that the Dinobots have been released from Bombshell's control. Um, so the Dinobots get sent in. Uh, they then attack from the inside, and the Autobots win. If you go with Windcharger's plan, the Autobots rush in and win. We get an appearance from Topspin, who may or may not have gotten killed, and also they consider him a boat. Now, if you try to use Skids to rescue Bumblebee, uh, Skids will get attacked by Frenzy, the, the gray one, and the submarine will uh, spiral out of control. Uh, and then you're left with a choice. Should Skids uh, destroy the circuit panel of the uh, sub, or should he try the emergency systems? If you try the emergency systems, uh, they fail, and they crash into Sludge. Skids ends up on the beach. Sludge creates a tidal wave and frees Bumblebee with the tidal wave. And the wave destroys the Decepticon base. If you decide to go the short circuit route, the submarine uh, crashes, knocks out Skids, and the sub sinks. Uh, the sub is then rescued by Sludge, who radios into Optimus. Optimus attacks and rescues Bumblebee. And those are all the outcomes for this Find Your Fate book. Uh, the second book in the series uh, is called Battle Drive, written by Barbara and Scott Siegel. And this is one of the ones uh, I could not find online. Still waiting for it to come in the mail, and I will do a special Patreon exclusive episode about that one. Book three of the Find Your Fate Junior series is called Attack of the Insecticons, written by Lynn Beach, uh, which is a pen name for children's author, well, just author in general, Catherine Lance, who uh, was a soap opera writer in the early 70s, uh, went on to write some sci-fi in the mid-80s, had some acclaim for her novel Pandora's Jeans, which I believe uh, was eventually a trilogy, and is now a volunteer guide at Tohono Chull Park in Tucson, Arizona, uh, where she helps out with uh, nature walks and is generally just retired, but uh, you can catch her on Twitter at AZ Freelance, that's A-Z-F-R-E-E-L-A-N-C-E on Twitter, uh, where she is uh, fairly active uh, as a uh, Twitter user. Again, the art by William Schmidt. So the basic premise of this book, uh, the Autobots are developing a solar panel uh, attachment for themselves called the Sun Pack. Uh, during the course of testing this out with Ironhide, uh, Kickback is spying on the Autobots and alerts Starscream. Starscream uh, leads the Decepticons to attack the Autobot base, where you're led to your first choice. You can either uh, stand and fight, stand! fight or retreat. For this one, we're going to stand and fight stand! as our uh, first choice here. And... Uh, the Autobots and Decepticons fight. Uh, within that, uh, Optimus Prime has an opportunity to eliminate Starscream with all the Autobots, but to do so, uh, he has to um, not protect the humans, uh, Buster and Sparkplug, as well. So, uh, do you attack or do you protect the humans? So, if you um, all attack, 
Starscream, Starscream then surrenders, and you're led to two choices here, to trust Starscream or to have Smokescreen finish off Starscream. And uh, if you trust Starscream, he orders a Decepticon surrender, and Thundercracker does not take kindly to that, and all of the Decepticons are then ordered by Thundercracker to destroy Starscream, which they do, and then flee. Um, so that is your quickest way out of this book. <laughs> if you order Smokescreen to finish off Starscream, uh, the Decepticons will then rally and save Starscream and kidnap Sparkplug. From there, Buster, Bumblebee, and Blaster will try to find Starscream. They end up at an air museum. Um, inside the air museum, they need to wait for a little bit as they're looking around, and Buster and Blaster hang out for a bit and listen to some music, a band called Purple Fungus. Uh, and it turns out the Decepticons are hiding in the Aerospace Museum. In the Aerospace Museum, Bumblebee gets captured, and during the course of this, Blaster and Buster hear, uh, overhear Starscream's plans to take over the Decepticons. Now you're left with two options. You can either... Uh, try to rescue Bumblebee, or you can call Megatron and rat out Starscream. Um, if you call Megatron, Buster offers up the tape uh, to Megatron of Starscream, uh, planning his takeover of the Decepticons in exchange for Sparkplug. Now, um, if you offer up that tape, you have two options. You can either play the tape for Megatron ahead of time and trust Megatron will do the right thing, or you can hold on to the tape, and wait for Sparkplug to be released. Now, if you play it down, uh, Megatron arrives and releases Sparkplug and orders Starscream to be reprogrammed. Uh, if you wait for the Decepticons to act first and release Sparkplug, uh, Megatron will show up. He will then be on Starscream's side. They will cerebro-shell Sparkplug, uh, and it will damage his memory, and he will not remember how to make the sun pack. Now, rewind just a bit. If you, instead of calling Megatron, decide to rescue Bumblebee, uh, there will be a fight. Starscream will accidentally get hit with a Cerebro shell that the Autobots then control, and they will release Sparkplug. There are a lot of terrible endings for Starscream in this book so far, right? He's gotten blown up by Thundercracker, uh, ordered to be reprogrammed, and taken over by the Autobots. Now, let's rewind back, uh, all the way back, to our first decision. Um, now, as I said, you could stand and fight, or you could retreat. Now, if you retreat, uh, you end up in the same place that if you had chosen uh, with Op Optimus to either attack Starscream or protect the humans, you end up in the same location. So that's where the stories converge uh, early on. So, if you decide to retreat at the outset you'll end up here and if you decide to protect the humans you will also end up here and uh, the Autobots will flee uh, but they are low on energy and they end up at a pair of tunnels uh, you could take the left tunnel or you could take the right tunnel if you take the right tunnel you end up captured by the Insecticons uh, and running low on power Sparkplug comes up with a plan to use the Sun Pack to charge uh, the Autobots for an hour. Um, 
by getting it up to the surface. Um, or you have another option. You can use the Sunpack as a bargaining chip to negotiate your way out. Now, if you use it as a bargaining chip, uh, the uh, Decepticons decide they want everything you have. Uh, Buster then distracts the Insecticons and the Autobots escape. If you decide to take it to the surface, uh, you need to find a way out. And you have two options here. You can either uh, take the path in front that is uh, not blocked or go through the water. And honestly, neither one is uh, good. So uh, if you take the path in front, oh, and you're using Beachcomber at this point. Uh, Beachcomber gets lost, runs low on energy, and, and is killed by Megatron. If you go through the water, Beachcomber uh, starts recharging the sun pack, is found by Kickback, and is then killed. So that is your options for the right tunnel, because you really should have taken the left tunnel. Now, in the left tunnel, Shrapnel steals the sun pack, and you have uh, two options. You can either uh, go back to base, or you can chase after him for the sun pack. Now, if you go back to base, uh, you will lead an assault on the Decepticons and find the sun pack there. You have two options here. You can, once again, fight Megatron one-on-one -on -one, uh, as per Cybertronian law, and because uh, Megatron will ask for a duel, as in Heavy Metal War. In the fight, the book decides that it is too evenly matched, and for in order for you to decide the fate of basically all of Earth, flip a coin. Now, if you flip a coin and it ends up heads, 12 hours later, Optimus will win. If it ends up tails, Megatron will uh, nick Optimus's fuel line. Optimus will then surrender and then trip and fall, accidentally shooting the booby trap around the sun pack. And Optimus will say it was his plan all along as he destroys the sun pack and uh, the Decepticons flee. I do not like that ending because it's like a dishonest um, way for Optimus to win and it just doesn't seem in character. So if you decided instead of fighting Megatron one-on-one -on -one to grab and go, uh, it actually leads you to the same place that if you had decided to uh, get the sun pack coming through the left tunnel. And that will eventually lead you to battling with Megatron, where Smokescreen will create a diversion of smoke, and the Autobots will steal back the Sun Pack. And that is the long and short of this book. And I know I haven't really talked too much about the impact of uh, these books long-term on fans and our memories of them, nor have I talked much about the art. So for more on that, I'm going to toss it over to the Salty Sea Man, Gabriel Owens. Hey folks, Salty Seaman here. Talking about Attack of the Insecticons, a uh, Find Your Fate Junior book, uh, which had made Find Your Fate was a, uh, I'm sure Ant talks more about the series as a whole. They had a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, licensed out of uh, properties. Uh, the two I knew them for are Transformers and uh, 
G.I. Joe uh, and under which is the Find Your Fate at Junior series, which I always thought as a kid was kind of a, I don't know, it was like it was a command. It was trying to tell you what to do. It was like, hey, man, find your fate, Junior. You know, so I always thought it was like a little, a little bit of a rude title and realized, no, it's the there's a Find Your Fate series for more older kids versus this one, which is more about the age. When I started reading them, probably around seven, eight or nine. But this was my first uh, of any of them. Uh, I, I distinctly remember this one being my most read because I had it. You know, since the beginning, but I, I would eventually get all the Transformer ones and I think all the Joe ones that I was aware of. I may have missed a couple of Joe ones, but the Transformers ones I definitely had all of them. Starting with this little number, uh, really enjoy uh, looking back on it. You know, as a kid, I always laughed at the artwork because being so like lavishly, uh, you know, toy toy accurate, and you know they used to always uh, tickle me as a kid. You know why they didn't go off model any, and it's like looking at it now. It's, you know, and if you go and look through any of them, the art the art kind of uh, varies in uh, quality here and there. But overall, you know, it's 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 a very lavish, uh, you know, toy accurate design, and it's fun like going through this one. I, I only I didn't I didn't explore every option uh, this time. You know, I went I did one playthrough of it, and I, I won. I had a uh, Mirage and Buster. Uh, save, stealing the sun pack back from the Insecticons. One of many paths you can go on to. I believe the first time I played, I refused to uh, leave the battle till the game made me to. I was like, no, I got Optimus Prime. Like, I'm just going to stay here and keep fighting. <laughs> it's like, finally the game says, okay, you got to make another choice. And I believe I died. I had, uh, I think it was Beach. I think I ended up with Beachcomber with a sun pack, escaping the caves, and then gets caught by kickback and dies. And I, was, I do remember that being a, a bit... Uh, disturbing as a kid i was like oh wow you can die in this thing <laughs> like it didn't occur to me i figured like i don't know what i figured actually but now i knew like oh this for real you know we have to uh you know make better decisions and of course when you own the book you eventually go through every option and i i don't know if, if i like i don't i didn't consciously know like which way i was going was going to lead in any certain path but maybe subconsciously i did and I, that's why i picked uh picked a way through correct the first time here because it's not, there aren't always as uh, you know obvious as you think they would be. Sometimes it's something that seems rash ends up to be the wise choice. Sometimes the uh, the wise, cautious choice ends up being the worst choice, as that t- tends to happen in these uh, these finer fate books. So yeah, this this is this is a lot of fun, and even just sitting down for ten minutes and going through it once because it's been a long time. But again, one of my uh, one of my early favorites. And don't forget, you can catch Gabe on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash recharge one three eight and you know he and i were texting back and forth about these books just a little bit when i told him i was doing this episode and uh funny thing is uh his his mom and and my mom they both had the same philosophy i guess uh for us growing up um and that is at least as far as my mom would say she didn't care what i was reading as long as i was reading something and uh i think that has certainly uh, lasted with me the, my entire life. And uh, it, it was kind of fun to see that, that Gabe's uh, upbringing kind of had the same touch on him. And that's the great thing about these books. Yeah, you're reading about Transformers, even comic books or whatever. You know, as long as you're reading something, uh, you're still reading. And uh, so for those of you out there who have kids who uh, ask about your comics, you know, certainly... Make sure their eyes are on the words as much as the pictures. 
and from that, we're going to move on to uh, another book very similar to these Find Your Fate books, and that is the Young Corgi uh, series of books. Uh, and this particular title, uh, Peril from the Stars, uh, was written by Dave Morris, who wrote uh, all of the Transformers Young Corgi books and art by British illustrator Bob Harvey. Harvey? Oh, Harvey! Now, the interesting thing about these books is that they are written entirely in the second person. Uh, the outcomes aren't as varied as the Find Your Fate books. Uh, a lot of the time they end up back uh, in the same place by going dip different paths. So uh, we may get through these fairly quickly. Now, in this book, you are a kid and you are with your Uncle Jack and Aunt Sue. Their last name is Richards, which means this is Sue Richards. Uh, not the Invisible Woman from the Fantastic Four, but they are astronomers. And in the story, you end up meeting Jazz, and that pretty much informs your decisions. Now, to get to the ending, uh, Bombshell and Starscream will show up. Starscream will call down a, uh, quote, weapons pod from space. And it's weird that they call it a weapons pod because it feels like it should be something that's loaded with weapons. But instead, it is more of a um, a bomb, really. It's a missile. And uh, Starscream mentions it will hit Earth like a meteorite. Um, that would be bad for all of Earth uh, if that were to actually happen. But through the course of the book, you end up um, having an option to get this meteorite uh, sent on... A poor path, the wrong path, if you will, because Starscream has a homing device that is signaling the meteorite. Now, if you steal away the homing beacon, Starscream will flee, and uh, you have the option to throw the homing beacon at Starscream, which will then force the weapons pod to hit him in the wing. Or, you can tell Jazz you have the homing beacon, which he will then destroy which then sends the weapons pod crashing into the ocean. Or you can not tell anyone you have the homing beacon, which is a bad idea because the weapons pod crashes through the building you're in and everyone dies. And that is basically the entire book because all of your decisions all lead to basically the point of having the homing beacon. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there's another young Corgi book we were going to do in this episode and that is called Dinobot War and uh, once that makes its way across the Atlantic to me that will be a Patreon exclusive episode hopefully longer than the two minutes and change I just spent <laughs> on Peril from the Stars alright now on to the final book another great big looker book with some awesome art and for those of you who don't, may not remember the previous episode we did on these big looker they are made by marvel books this one is called decepticon hijack it is written by regina wayne illustrated by john spears and uh it starts with the uh, autobots reconstructing their base uh, some of the autobots are damaged including the dinobots the decepticon jets are menacing the autobot base by flying over it very loudly 
uh, Optimus receives a message from Shooting Star, an Autobot who transforms into a satellite and is orbiting Earth. And uh, this is sort of the Sky Spy, but not exactly. So Shooting Star is a named character, and he's given thoughts and emotions uh, in the few mentions of him in this book, which we never got for the Sky Spy or anything similar to it. Uh, so this is an interesting character that we have never seen uh, before and will not see again. Uh, Shooting Star sees Blitzwing about to attack an oil truck and radios the Autobots available to go on site. So uh, Optimus, Bumblebee, Prowl, Mirage, Sunstreaker, they all show up as Blitzwing shorts out the truck's electrical system. Uh, the Decepticons arrive, the Autobots arrive, and Sunstreaker blasts the truck with high-energy pulses to recharge its battery and the truck drives away and this art has Sunstreaker uh, shooting this truck and Sunstreaker is ginormous in the shot. Uh, Megatron tries to grab the truck to keep it from driving away. This is all over one truck by the way. Um, seems like a lot of work. Uh, Swoop arrives and attacks and Swoop's art is certainly very interesting here as well as he has a uh, red hair mohawk thing going on in dinosaur mode uh, that just needs to be seen. And again, swing by camp4tree.net uh, to check out the scans of this book. So Swoop drops a bomb on Megatron, though it is described very oddly. Uh, I will read the quote to you. It is, Swoop dropped an air-to-air -air missile with the power of 5,000 pounds of TNT. Uh, the Decepticons were crushed into a pile of metal rubble. So on and so forth. Um, so, I'm not quite sure how Swoop drops, quote, an air-to-air -air missile. Because that would be air-to-ground, not air-to-air. -air. Uh, in the process, he blows up Megatron, but not the Earthlings. Uh, and Megatron is left in pieces so swoop mentions that uh he is there to serve optimus and he actually speaks in uh a normal speech pattern which is kind of par for the course for marvel uh starscream decides that if uh the decepticons can't have this one oil truck no one can so he blows up the truck and then the decepticons retrieve their wounded uh which is pieces of megatron basically uh, and it's a bunch of really strange looking Decepticons that I can't place as any particular toy. Um, so there are a bunch of generics picking up pieces of Megatron that look nothing like Megatron. Uh, again, the, the quote in the book is, uh, meanwhile, a small rescue squadron of Decepticons carried off the metal remains of Megatron Ravage, Bombshell, Longhaul, and Blitzwing. So lots of Decepticons got blown into uh, itty-bitty bits during this fight over one oil truck. Uh, Swoop is honored by the Autobots, and that is Decepticon Hijack. And that will also wrap up this edition of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Bacalli. If you want to keep up with me and the show, best place to do it is on Twitter twitter.com slash tfu underscore info or at tfu underscore info and of course on facebook on instagram search out tfu.info uh, tfu info is the username there 
youtube.com slash TFU info. Please like and subscribe. If you'd like to sign up for the Patreons, patreon.com slash TFU info. And of course, on the web, www.tfu.info, the world's longest running transforming toy archive. Next time on the show, we are going to wrap up our season two introductions to the voice cast as we do season two, part two, part four overall, I believe, of Meet the Cast of the Generation One cartoon. Till next time, I'm Anthony Bricali. See you.